0: Hey guys, what's going on? This is David Avalon for another edition of the Breaking the Guard podcast with your hosts Robert Drysdale and myself. This is our ninth episode. And on this episode, I took the liberty to talk about diet and nutrition. Now, Robert and myself are not nutritionists, so you might want to take our advice with a grain of salt, but I will tell you that this is from years of experience, research and study. So, uh, again, I pretty much lay out how I diet and how I supplement myself, how I use nutrition. And we go a little bit into working out, but this is more about um, setting up a healthy lifestyle, right? And we go a lot into that, and I think it's very useful. And in addition to this, I will tell you to visit my blog, which is at davidavalon.com where I have it written out in detail. So uh, here we talk about a lot of the concepts and the theories, and I give out some numbers and hard data. But if you visit my blog, which is at davidavalon.com, you'll get to see the whole plan written out step by step. All right. So go ahead and enjoy. Before we get started, I'd like to thank one of our sponsors, which is the Drysdale Cradle Series. Robert Drysdale had come up with a very unique way of passing guard and particularly working against half guards and Z guards, which is by using a cradle. Now, if you're not familiar, a cradle is a wrestling pin that's used a lot in folk style wrestling, as well as international wrestling, where you're essentially entangling a head and a leg inside a closed grip. Uh, Again, very effective pinning combination. But... It doesn't. You don't see it in Jiu-Jitsu very often, if at all. Uh, I, of course, have played with cradles a bit, but Robert has a very unique take on it. And he uses it to pass the half guard or the Z guard. He also sets up submissions like guilting chokes and darts chokes. Uh, so it's a very interesting uh, attack. And if you have a hard time working with half guards, and particularly with Z guards, this is a great way to counter it. And I also contribute to the course, and I teach a few techniques as well, ways of taking the back with the cradle and uh, getting all sorts of chokes. So you definitely want to check it out. You can go to bjjcradle.com. Again, that's bjjcradle.com to get some videos, free videos, and if you want to order, you can order it there. It's available both in DVD and online streaming format. Hey guys, what's going on? David Avlon here with Robert Drysdale, and we're now on the ninth episode of the Breaking the Guard podcast. What's going on, Robert?
1: Lots of work, my friends. It's a Sunday. We're filming <laughs> on a Sunday. Yep, it right? uh, doesn't really stop. You know, I got phone calls, text messages, emails. I like it, you know. I get bored quickly, so my weekends I normally work as well.
0: Nice, oh, nice. Well, uh, I was telling you just before. I actually had somebody... Uh, chat me through WhatsApp, asking me about diet and health routines. And since I've been on this kick for a while now, I feel like I want to share a little bit with what I've been doing. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll just jump around a little place from there. Uh, so starting with uh, diet, because most people are saying, how do I get in better shape? You know, like a lot of us do the martial arts because we're trying to make ourselves healthy. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like uh, there's very few people out there are just trying to become pro fighters, you know yeah. what I mean? Most people are trying to have a good time, learn some self-defense, get fit. Yeah. Uh, but there's a misunderstanding that some people think that it's just exercising, is what's going to make you lose weight. And I know a lot of guys who are overweight that are very uh, physically fit, Yeah. but they're still overweight, yeah. right? So, you know, the old saying, like, abs are made in the kitchen yeah. is true because, like, in one hard workout like if you're working out for like 90 minutes straight, you might be able to burn a 1,000 calories. And that's a intense workout. One cheeseburger, <laughs> one Big Mac, one, one. and you're over that already. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Some> Six <laughs> Oreo cookies later. <laughs> exactly. And you've already hit 1, a yeah. 1,000. You know, so the main thing for me is, again, uh, calories are very important. You know, essentially calories is a unit, unit of measure for energy. I believe it's like... One calorie is essentially what it takes to raise the temperature of water by one degree or whatnot. Uh, so knowing your baseline, like calorie level, and everybody's different depending on your weight, your size, your age, male, female. Uh, I'll take myself for example. So I'm 195 pounds right now, 38 years old. My uh, base rate is 2,500 calories per day, right? So. Essentially if I want to keep the same size I'm at right now I'm smiling cuz I have no idea <laughs> or
1: I have no idea. Uh, yeah, well, sorry. Yeah, keep going. I, no
0: no no worries. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I might be able to show you something ones, right? So like it takes like 2500 calories uh, for me to sustain my size, yeah. right? Even if I'm not doing anything, just yeah. being alive. That's what it takes. Now, if I want to lose weight, I have to burn below that, create a deficit. Correct. If I want to gain weight, I eat over that amount. Yes. That's a base. It doesn't always work out that way, but basic understanding. That's the the
1: crux of it. You got to work out more than you eat or eat less than you work out. Exactly. So if you don't like to work out, that means you got to eat a little. If you love to eat, then you got to work out a lot. Yes. Long story short.
0: Pretty much, yeah. You know, and there, there's other factors like metabolism. Or
1: you can find a magical pill online of some sort, you know, <laughs> some magical diet that's going to make you super lean and fit and you don't have to try hard.
0: You can eat, you know,
1: cheesecake all day and not dogs. work out and still look amazing,
0: you know. Yeah. I'm sure there's some website out there promising that. But and even people who do plastic surgery and whatnot, there's still a problem with that, right? Because there's yeah. a lot of people that do the plastic surgery and then they gain the weight back, right? Because what's set point? Yeah. Because the main thing is that the, your diet is essentially a habit or a lifestyle, yeah. right? And if I just magically take away something, like it's like if I gave someone a black belt who didn't deserve it. All because you got the black belt doesn't mean you have the skill now. Oh, right? So like you'll get exposed easily when you the same thing with your diet. If you just do like some plastic surgery or take magic pills, you're still going to fall back to what you're normally doing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the, the set point is something that
1: like, a lot of people don't understand how the body works, right? Your body doesn't understand its priority throughout its evolu- our evolutionary history. has never been to look good. It's not a priority. Our priority is not to be super physically fit either. Your top priority has been to survive, yes. get by. So fat, from an evolutionary perspective, makes perfect sense. Your body wants to hold on to fat, especially if you're constantly feeding it fat. Your body understands... Well, I want to hold on to all this fat because clearly this guy is going to go on some really long journey and he's going to need the energy storage. So if he just keeps pushing all this sugar on me, it must be because it's going to need it down the road, right? So your body understands just that's why we hold on to so much fat, even though in these days you don't want it, right? But that's that, that was a tool that saved us back in the day. Yeah. We got by because of this fat tool, right? Why? Because we accumulate fat. Uh, <clears throat> the thing is, if you get your body used to a certain body, like let's say you weigh you know 250 pounds right and then you are at that weight for half of your adult life all of a sudden you wake up one day you look yourself in the mirror and you go I am overweight I need to lose weight okay very well so that's perfect you took 15 years to gain that weight and you want to lose it in 15 days yeah right and that's <laughs> the biggest problem. That's why people don't understand diets and how the body works. Your body, okay, it's fine with losing the weight, but it's gonna take some time to adjust. So what happened, these people get like, an, with an enormous amount of will, they got on the treadmill, they start training jujitsu, whatever they do, they get on this crazy diet where their calories are limited, their calorie intake gets cut by half, and they do lose a lot of weight. You're starving your body now, because it's used to five, six, seven thousand, thousand calories a day, and now it's down to whatever your you know intake is, right? And through that enormous effort, mental effort, you know, because it's very, very difficult mentally, what happens is after a month, two months, three months, four months, you lose all that weight. But here's the problem. The second you stop that diet, your body does not understand why it's 200 pounds now. It thinks that the normal and the healthy for you is what? 250, because that's your set point. So you bounce back up just like that. As soon as you're off that that very rigorous diet, you're going to go back to where you came from, because the body wants to, it will lose weight, but... It's not something that can be done too quickly. So when you lose weight too quickly, your body doesn't adjust in time. You have to, like I normally tell people, aim for a pound a week. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's actually easier on you. You're not killing yourself, right? And like, I want to look good tomorrow. I want to look good for this summer. Like, well, you should have had this thought 15 summers ago, you know, <laughs> exactly. man. It's kind of like in jiu-jitsu. People want the quick solution to get put in a rear naked choke. And they go, what do I do now, coach? I'm like, you should have been doing something before he passed your guard or took you down, right? It's not so different, right? So... Uh, I think that is something that people misunderstand as far as diets. Uh, The quick miraculous solution is not only extremely hard, it is unhealthy. And at the end of the day, it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, because exactly what you said, it's all habits, right? First of all, like what you said, I always tell people as well, where if it took you two years to put on a lot of weight, expect two years to take it all off in a healthy fashion, right? And like you said, some people are trying to drop like 20, 30 pounds like in a month. It's like, man, that's going to be harmful for you. You're probably going to feel like crap the whole time, and then you're going to crash. And, and extremely and, difficult.
1: Yeah. And it's actually, it's, it's burning your will, too, because now you're like, all oh, these diets don't work, and then you give up, get, end up giving up because your will gets burnt. Yeah. Right? Uh, I've seen, if you see fighters all the time, I've seen fighters cut 50 pounds. I've seen a guy cut from 255 to 205 in, like, just over a month. And I couldn't believe my eyes, mm-hmm. but I've seen him do it. And guess what happens, like, two weeks later? He's back to 255, of course. Yeah. That you think he's going to stay at two. There's no way. You know, leaving aside the water cut, even the, 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 yeah. the natural weight cut, is just not something your body fully comprehends. So the body does not understand your aesthetic leanings, right? It doesn't care about abs. It cares about survival. And it does take time to adjust to that new set point. So if you want to stay at a lower weight, my advice to you is to get your body, create a new set point. And don't let that happen too quickly. You want to take, like you said, if it takes you two years to gain that weight, you know, maybe if you push harder, maybe in one year you can create a new set point. But even that's, you know, you're being optimistic here because your body needs time to adjust. For sure.
0: And it's another thing that you you brought up, which is that the body is smart. And over the years, the goal was to be energy efficient, right? So your body never wants to burn more calories than than it has to. That's why it's so hard to put on size, right, like bodybuilders and stuff, you know, it's not natural. It's not natural. Your body does not want all that muscle. Yeah, Yeah. because it'd rather have a very low footprint. When you have like tons of muscle, it takes up a lot of energy and your body's like, why do we need to have all this muscle because it's it's taking so much more resources to fuel, you know. So like they have to eat so much and they also, the main thing, they have to, you know, work out like an animal. And because the body and has timing. to see, like, yeah.
1: They're timing. It's not just the steroids. It's not just the crazy workouts or just, it's it's the combination. Like, they're timing, to the counting calories, when they eat. I know an old coach of mine, he was a, a, a strong man. He yeah. would literally wake up in the middle of the night, I think, like, twice to drink a protein shake. Yeah. He yeah. set his alarm. Like, imagine have to wake up 2 and 5 in the morning every morning. Yeah, it's like every the, 4 hours. Yeah, it's the like, the but, like, connect. that's yeah. how serious these guys are about putting muscle, to create something that... Once again, it is unnatural as yeah. they're doing it for you know, personal reasons or whatever. But you're, you, you, you have to find, you have, these guys have to find a ways of tricking the body to do something it really doesn't want to do. Correct. Because you're right. It understands uh, um, you know, survival. It understands saving energy. Right? And another important thing that a lot of people miss out is that your body is not just burning calories by working out. You're thinking you're burning calories. Yep. Your digestive system is working. It, it's killing itself to digest that steak you ate last night. You know, uh, uh, um, one thing I always tell people when they're on these diets, you have to understand that all, all calories are created equal, Yeah. right? So 1,000 calories of steak does not equal 1,000 calories of Oreo cookies. Correct. Because you're thinking, oh, clearly it's 1,000 calories. Look, well, an Oreo cookie is so broken down already into simple sugars that your body just like, absorbs every ounce of it right away. There's no effort for your body to digest an Oreo cookie. Uh, whereas in a steak, a steak is an enormous effort for your body to digest that meat. So by the time you're digesting that, those 1,000 calories of, of steak, your surplus it might be something like 200. Whereas with the Oreo cookie, just, those 1,000 calories that you ate, the surplus is more like 900. Right. So you're keeping a lot more of those calories. at Then that's why steak does not make you fat in the same way donuts do.
0: For sure. Right? So we have
1: to look for complex carbs when, when, when it comes to our calorie intake because they're not the same.
0: Yeah, that's when the, the macros come into play, yeah. right? So or the mac- macronutrients, in other words, right? You have your carbohydrates, your proteins, and your fats, right? Yeah. So just like you said, like, if I saw my bench, like I said, my set point was 2,500 calories. If I just eat 2,500 calories of donuts, it's not the same as eating a balanced profile of steak different. and
1: rice or whatever. Diabetes like aside, <laughs> your body's going to hold on to, like, that, that sugar much, much easier because it's no effort.
0: Yeah, and it's going to wreck you. So I... After doing research and looking around, what I have found, at least for me, that has... And again, this is another thing. that Everybody's very different, right? Like, I think a lot of what your diet is is also based on your ethnic background yeah. and what you were raised eating. Oh, your genetics. Yeah, all your genetics yeah. play a huge factor, right? Like, if you... Eskimos, you know, they're eating, like, blubber and lots of fats and proteins, yeah. very little carbohydrates. They're essentially been doing... Keto <laughs> before Forever, school, yeah. right? And they handle it very well. But if we went on that same diet, we would probably have a hard yeah. time, you know, processing all that heavy fat and that, right? Hundred percent. So like, it's kind of that's why when someone says, "Oh, I have a diet that works for everybody," it's like, mm, yeah, I'm very skeptical and, already. And, and, and only that
1: too. <laughs> like, we're living in a day of the the. the I, I I've said this before, but like the the health industry is a fairly new industry. Yeah. You know, uh, my grandfather like was a kind of guy that he he's like. Clint Eastwood in that Gran Torino movie. like That was my grandpa oh, okay. in Brazil. Like, hardcore. Yeah, like, yeah. you eat every... If there's, like, a grain of rice on your plate, and, like, you get mad at you have to finish it, right? But his generation was, like, a tougher generation. The concept of health was very, very different. Health meant you're not sick. Yeah. If you're unhealthy, it means you're, you know, like, you're dying of something, right? That's unhealthy. If you're not dying, then clearly you're healthy. But this day, like the word health has changed so much. Now we're expecting so much more. We should, you know, we should make it, you know, make ourselves healthier. But it created a whole health industry. And a lot of it to me is is, is a lot of bogus. Yeah. Every a lot of people promising the next revolutionary diet and they're just trying to sell. Like every you know, everyone's everything like someone rebrands some old jiu-jitsu move or like does something. Like it's it's I understand it's a business, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, it's not it's like, man, like you it's it's it, there's, nothing, there's nothing special about it in that sense, yeah, right? right. Um, yeah, but like a, a lot of like diets, you have the fundamentals when it comes to diets. And the fundamentals are, you know, you know broccoli is healthy, you know McDonald's is garbage. Like those are the, people know yeah. that. But it's so easy. Like, if only I get on this keto diet or that diet. And I think you're right that for you to maximize your health, you have to find the right diet for you. Yes. Right? I do believe that. But I do believe at the same time that a lot of people kid themselves by believing that if they only get on this diet, this time they will lose weight. It's kind of like the person who buys a treadmill, puts it in their garage, thinking that by buying the treadmill, they're going to get skinny. You know, and all you have to do is stop eating McDonald's. You know, so I think people like to kid themselves a lot when it comes to uh, being realistic about cutting weight.
0: For sure. You know, like uh, the the diet, for example, I have adopted, is more of a low-carb type diet, right? Yeah. And the split that I do is essentially 40% of my calories come from protein, 40% from fat. And you, and you calculate on Yes. These. And 20% from carbohydrates, right? So I use an app called MyFitnessPal. You can get it on your Android or your iPhone, it's pretty much available everywhere, even on the computer. And free, it's really easy to use. You could just literally search for anything that you're eating and it'll pop up and it'll have yeah. the macro breakdown. You could set your set points. Like you could say every day I want to eat, you know, this percentage of this, that, 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 and it'll calculate it all for you. So it makes very easy to be accountable. I know when I was wrestling, I would do the same thing, but there was no iPhones, so I'd have a journal and every day I'd make a little grid and write everything down. It was a pain in the ass because you had to you had to look at nutrition labels and write it down. Where now the app it just does automatically. So it makes amazing. It makes it a lot easier. But uh, that's the breakdown that I do. Like again, twenty percent uh carbs 40 percent fat 40 percent protein uh and i've been doing this just about like nine months and like steady loss and weight training and all that and it has worked out really well for me i think a lot of problems that people eat like the the, the old food pyramid food pyramid is completely jacked up yeah right? if you, you see the way it is it's like this where carbs are the base of it yeah. And, and it's like eating bread, cereals, and it's like 50% of what you're but eating. We, we've never eaten so
1: much. You got to remember how, well, I mean, what was life like for, for most of our history, right? That's what your body has shaped itself to to, to survive on. It's like, yeah. what was life like? And like even, um, so for example, you did not have the amount of sugar. There's a reason why like sugar is so tasty. It's something so precious because your body wants that because that's quick energy. And that's what you're looking to get by, right? Like any kind of calorie surplus back in the day was like fundamental for your survival. Yeah. So, you know, something that's why bacon smells so good. Why does bacon smell so good? Because your body's trained itself to like, okay, that's a, that's a goodie right there. I need that sort of fat. Yeah. Right? It's like your like broccoli doesn't sell, smell nearly as amazing as bacon does. It's like one of them is like especially important, but one of them is really important for your survival. Fat yeah. versus like greens, you know. They're not but in this day and age, finding the balance the period you're describing is 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 fundamental because if you're looking at peak performance, Right, so revival no longer is a priority. Now it is peak performance or aesthetics or just overall you know, being healthier, living longer, whatever the yeah. case is. Uh, and we do have these tools. So I'm a big, f- I'm big uh, I've always been an advocate of an- the importance of keeping track of what you eat. Uh, but I also don't think it's one of those things where it's going to, it's not, it's not a deciding factor in any way, shape or form. It is something that does have an impact. But I don't think it's you're gonna live necessarily live 10 years longer because you're eating super healthy. You know, I think that a lot of these things are predetermined. You know, and they have to do with other factors that we're not in our control. And the reason why I'm saying this, like some people believe that if they shop at Whole Foods, they're gonna to live to 150. And I'm like, <laughs> the only reason you're not living to 150 is because you know you don't shop at Whole Foods enough. I'm like, you know, I've seen people eat burgers and drink soda and smoke their whole lives and make it to 70, 80. Fine. Yeah, I've seen.
0: Well, there's, they had, I guess, a centarians and they were interviewing all these people who lived past 100. And one of the guys, he was his old, uh, he's like, I think a World War I vet? I'm not sure if he's still around. But he was eating the same breakfast every day, which was like two slices of bacon, then the bread cooked on the bacon fat, and then he would eat all that. He was smoking cigars and drinking whiskey every day. And the guy, and Mind yeah. you, very lucid at 100 plus, yeah. right? So I don't think that uh, it's not diet alone. So I yeah. think diet does play a big factor, factor yes. because like, if you get diabetes, yeah. you're, not, yeah. you're definitely going to yeah. have a shorter yeah. lifespan. But yeah, like, shopping at Whole Foods is not going it, to make it's you... It's because it, the health
1: industry wants to sell so much. It's a billion-dollar industry. Like, they will try to convince you of things that aren't true, and I think we shouldn't lie to ourselves either. Like, I don't know if you've met Abmar Barboza. No, I haven't. Okay, good friend of mine. If you know Almar, you know this. The guy refuses to eat anything but fast food. Like, I remember one time, like, there's, you know, there's an omelet. Like, made him obviously at my place. I made, uh, made him omelets. Like, Rob, is it, I don't want to eat the omelet. I'm like, well, why, man? You don't like, like, I just, if I go to 7-Eleven? I'm like, yeah, sure, man. So I eat his omelet for him. Driving to 7-Eleven. He buys a Coke and a corn dog, uh. And that's his breakfast. The guy's got abs. He's shredded. You know, drinks. He doesn't drink water. He only drinks Coke. He refuses to drink a protein shake. Like, oh, that's gross. Like, you drink Coca Cola. 247. 7 he's been doing it his whole life, and the guy's got abs, got more abs than I do. You know, yeah. more abs than you. Like, dude, it's it's insane. So my point is, he yes, he would probably very likely be a better athlete, be healthier if he didn't eat like that. But I think that there's a uh, a the habit, his body's adapted to it. Yeah. And B, there's a genetic component there that allows him to continue eating McDonald's every day. Loves Wendy's, loves Wendy's, and still have abs. You know, and not saying you should eat like that, but I'd say there's more going on to your health than just, you know, what's advertised.
0: For sure. You know, and that's why I say, like, when I tell you what I'm doing is I'm telling you what works for me, right? Yeah. Like, I think what we were talking about before, diet is part of a process of trial and error, really. Yeah. Right? Like, if you're already super healthy right now, then you probably don't have to listen to this, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, if you're struggling, then, like, well, here's something that may work for you. You're going to have yeah. to try it out and see it. I do think that though, that, like coming back to that food pyramid, it's definitely completely jacked up. I, yeah. I I I would be pretty confident that most people will not do well if they follow that strictly. Yeah. You know, eating so many uh, carbs and so little protein and fat. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, you, they used to demonize fat before, right? Because like if you yeah, look, now fat, fat is the at best. the top of the of the pyramid. You know, that you use sparingly. Mm-hmm. Whereas now we're like, well, you know, you actually need fat because it helps a lot of body functions. It helps lubricate your joints and all that. Like, so if you don't have enough fats in your system, it's a problem. And
1: fats are actually really, especially the healthy fats. I'm not talking about the 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 the, the fat you would you find in avocado and nuts, for example. So one of my my first business partner here, one of my best friends, Sean Rigo, he he was like always kind of like little, you know, a little on the chubbier side. And one day he went like, I'm gonna he went on what i call the bird diet and i kind of took that from him and i start using the bird diet all the time the bird <laughs> diet was basically he would just eat seeds and nuts and i think it was a protein shake here and there but but like there's those zero carbs in his diet like it's very difficult and i've done that for my fights because you pretty much cut out you cut out carbs almost completely every now and then i'll eat a little a potato some rice you know but very little of it and it, you start craving so every time you see you know like you smell pizza or you see commercial pizza on television you really crave that because your body just Wants that sugar, right? It wants that that those nasty fats that you're missing because you're only eating clean fats now. But I have never seen a guy lose so much weight so quickly, like as in like when he was on the bird diet, you know, because you're only providing your body with the healthy fats, and healthy fats do not get you fat now. Why is that? Because a healthy fat, much like a steak, right? It takes your it's an enormous effort for your body to what to digest that. So it delivers delivers that energy in bits and pieces. So when you're on the nut diet, basically you actually feel amazing because you have steady energy throughout the day. I would literally cut weight like this, and I never struggled. I mean, after a week, you want to eat normal food, but yeah. like physically, I felt better than I did when I was on. Like, eating pasta every day, you know, because your body's being supplied with a steady amount of energy throughout the day versus doing that 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 the sugar, yeah, the yeah. spikes that you get from from carbs like like pasta. And I started using this more and more for my weight cuts, and I highly recommend it. You basically replace carbs almost entirely, as much as you can handle, with seeds and nuts. Pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, walnuts, Brazil nuts, cashews. Just mix it up with some um, raisins. I always recommend competitors take this to the tournament as well. We need like a handful immediately after the weigh-in and in between matches. Just because you're not hungry doesn't mean you're not starving. Right. You don't feel hungry because your body's in fight mode. But you're actually starving because you've been cutting weight for 48 hours. And you're competing, trust me, you, your body needs some energy. And I feel that nuts and raisins, especially, they give me the, just the right amount of energy. Didn't bloat me, I didn't feel sick, and the energy was steady. You know, it's almost one of those things where, like, you know, you, you get the spikes with coffee too. Yeah. I feel like with when I was on that diet, I didn't need, I almost didn't need coffee. I feel like I felt energized throughout the day. I didn't feel those crashed, right? So, um, I, I highly recommend something like that for competitors, though it's very difficult because, like I said, after a week, you, you, you want more stuff. I'm not that you should live only all, off all nuts, but it's a fast way of, of cutting weight because the, the, the fats are so complex for your body to digest. You do not absorb it all at once as you would with an Oreo cookie.
0: Yeah. You know, and uh, that's the other thing about I was having, with the, the diet that I'm doing, for example, it's very easy to do. Yeah. it's not hard at all because it's not keto where you're eating like twenty five grams of carbs a day, which yeah. is like two slices of bread and you're done for the day, you know. So like it's very hard to do that, especially when you're used to eating so many carbs normally. But when you're doing twenty percent or even like twenty five percent, you can have bread and pasta, just not five servings a give it. You probably have like one, two servings a day and then you're shut down. Yeah. You know, so you still have enough where you don't have any cravings but uh, you're still getting enough of the good stuff, enough yep. uh, proteins and enough fats. So I find that it was very easy to do. You know, Like I said, doing it nine months, I never felt like I had to struggle. Yeah. Right. I wasn't like, oh, God, I missed something. No, I'm eating everything I want to eat and with, with no problems. And, and going, I, going off of what
1: you said, it kind of brings me back to my set point thing. You want to make sure that you're not, that you're giving your body time to adjust, right? But you're basically following two rules when you do this. Those so are the two rules I had. If you want to get too, gain too much weight or you are trying to cut weight, right? It's all about quantity and timing. Those are the two rules I was always yeah. very adamant about because quantity obviously matters, yes. you know? One donut versus a box, you know, like a dozen. Like, they're not the same thing. And the other thing is the timing. A donut right after a bowl of pasta before you go to bed, horrible idea. A donut after you're done training, working out is a great idea. Actually, you know, a lot of people bodybuilders know this, but this is really functional for athletes in general, what sugar does, it spikes your insulin, right? What a lot of people don't know is that insulin works as a super shuttle for protein. So by spiking your insulin, you're actually helping your body carry protein faster to the muscles in order to recover. So I guess it's not unusual that a bodybuilder would take a shot of insulin right after he's done working out and then, you know, drink his protein shake right after. That's actually way to put on muscle fashion because there's a window when you're done working out your Correct. body immediately wants to, you're doing damage to your body basically right you're really squeezing the whole time you're exploding taking the guy down you are damaging your body in order for your body to reconstruct itself make itself bigger and stronger for next time it has to what build itself with protein insulin helps so if you do have a sweet tooth and you absolutely need to eat that Reese's peanut butter candy bar butter donuts whatever it is that you crave the best time to do this is right after you train, and follow that up with your recovery drink or your protein shake. Yeah. But once again, the quantity and the timing, are what's so important. Don't you know eat a dozen donuts? That's you don't need that much insulin in your bloodstream. But the sugar does serve a purpose, and it's the sugar is important if you time it right.
0: Yeah. Uh, actually, I follow that principle quite a bit, yeah. and uh, again, the, all sugars are not equal. As well, like there are some sugars that are very fast digesting. Yeah, have you guys ever heard of like glycemic index? That's what yeah. it's referring to. Like some sugars take more time for your pro- your body to process it. Yeah. So like for after workouts, you do like you said, you want that insulin spike because not only do you want the pro the insulin to provide uh, a transport to the protein, but you also want to refill your glycogen stores. Correct. Because when you're doing the workout, you're using all your glycogen. So yeah. some people say the faster you can refill those stores, the better you're going to recover. Yeah. So the best source, from what I've read, of having that fast digesting sugar would be glucose. Yeah. Or another another form is called dextrose. Yeah. So a lot of like sweets, like uh, gummy bears, like pixie sticks. Yeah. They're essentially all dextrose or glucose. Yeah. So you see raisins. Some, that's why I'm obsessed with raisins. Yeah. Like fructose in this case, but they're similar. They're not yeah. too far off. You know, they're simple sugars. Yeah. So like with uh, like you'll see some people they'll carry like I, I actually do it. I have gummy bears with me. So after I finish my workout. Down, like it's like just like six gummy bears and my protein shake, which has dextrose in powdered form. So it's like 30 grams overall of dextrose right after a workout with like 40 grams of By protein. the way, guys, this
1: is real science. Okay, me and Dave are not making excuses to eat a donuts or gummy bears right after a workout. This is
0: legit science. Look it up. Right, you can yeah. look it up for sure. But like I said, the, he said timing is critical. Yeah. Like if I, if you're doing this, like eating gummy bears or donuts or anything like that in another time. It's not going to be yeah, as useful. It's not. That's, like, that's it, like the only time that I'm aware of, or at least that you do want that insulin spike, is post workout. Post workout, yes. Yeah, you don't want it in other times of the day and,
1: generally. And, and, and I like to tell people this, because like, people are struggling. They really crave whatever, you yeah. know, and they're like, dude, I'm t- right out, they think you're lying to them. Am I, am I not supposed to eat something healthy after a workout? And here's the truth of the matter a lot of nutritionists won't tell you this, but they know this, but they know their science. Your body's going to turn anything into glycogen after a workout. You can eat kale. carrots it doesn't matter what you eat after you work out if your glycogen storages are depleted the first thing your body is going to do is going to turn that into sugar right uh that's why like protein shakes that are without sugar are kind of pointless unless you're eating it with something else right with something sweet to spike your insulin because a protein shake with sugar comes for a reason that sugar helps what helps you carry that, uh, that uh, uh, it replaces your glycogen storages with the show sugar yeah. so that protein doesn't get turned into glycogen. Because if you just take protein with nothing else, what your body's going to do, because its priority is not building muscle, it's getting make sure your heart's beating, make sure your brain's working, right? your eyesight's working. So the first thing it needs is not to build muscle. The first thing it needs is what? Energy to keep the body going. That protein gets turned into glycogen. It Breaks it down into glycogen, and then if you have protein left, it's going to recover your muscles. But its priority is not taking care of your muscles, so that's why you want to eat some sugar as soon as they're done working
0: out. Follow that with protein, yeah. That's why, like, uh, I don't like getting any flavored brands. I I don't, I'm not a big advocate of like artificial sweeteners or anything like that. And like you said, a lot of protein powders do use artificial sweeteners because most people, like, oh, I want to stay away from the carbs, you know, like, because now, like, people are. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like before people were scared of fat, now a lot of people are scared of carbs. Yeah, so they want, I just want pure protein. Yeah, so that, but they want it sweeter. I always get plain protein powder. Yeah, and I get like a also a protein blend because, again, there's another thing, not all proteins are equal either. Yeah, you know, you have like slow digesting proteins like casein, which are like milk or dairy based proteins, yeah. and then you have whey, which is more of a fast, yes. digesting protein. And I hear you got to rotate them too. Yeah, like, yeah, I hear it from a lot them. of the Like,
1: you're supposed to. At, at, your body will absorb to a certain kind of protein and like not absorb it as well as if you're constantly...
0: Yeah, like you know, if you eat like the, 80 grams of whey protein, you're wasting probably about like half of it. Because yeah. I think there, I mean, it varies, but I think it's around 40 grams is like a threshold of what you can absorb in a fast digestive... Which varies from individual to individual. Of course. So, like, that's of course, the thing yeah. about
1: nutrition and I think health in general, a lot of people miss is that we're not clones. Just like we vary on the outside, we vary on the inside. Now... You know, I always make this analogy, but we, have, we all have arms, eyes, nose, but they're not the same. Size, color, yeah. my arms might be longer than yours, whatever. Um, on the inside, I imagine it'd be the same, and that includes not only your brain, but your, your organs as well. Like, yep. our body does not absorb protein the same way. or like, But we do have a threshold of how much protein you can absorb. Yeah. And after a certain point, your body, you're just like wasting it and actually might be, it's even unhealthy, you know, have too much protein in your diet. But um, if you're an athlete, like a lot of the norm, the rules of normality don't apply to you. You've got to remember that. Yeah. What would be the healthy amount of protein for you know someone who doesn't work out is not the same for
0: someone who's working out twice a day. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like how <laughs> they always used to make the comparisons of, oh, like a chimpanzee has a strength of like eight men. Yeah. I'm like... They don't have the strength of eight that, no. like uh, Bob Saps, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, no. It depends. It
1: depends on what man you're talking <laughs> exactly. about. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? Know? the other thing, I too, was, like, I remember that there was like, someone that was arguing for me that gorillas only eat fruit and greens, and look how strong they are. They're just strong pound for pound, and they're the strongest animal on the planet. And I'm like, yeah, it's a very different genetic set. But in their heads, this is how much the diet conversation can be confusing if you don't understand all the other components that come of this conversation. A gorilla is not healthy or a strong because it eats bananas, fruit, and, and, and greens. A gorilla is strong because of its genetic background. Yeah. Because it's, it's sexually selected by females. The females want to mate with the strongest gorilla in the group. That's why they're strong. It's a genetic selection process that goes on. It's not because, oh, they're eating bananas every day. In other words, I would be as strong as a gorilla if I ate bananas. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but then people kind of believe this. If only I ate like a gorilla... I'm going to be just as strong as it is. And you you have to understand the other components of this discussion. So the the diet makes sense. Like you have a blueprint, right? That, That blueprint is who you are. And then you can maximize that blueprint. So think of it as a house. And you can make that house look really, really nice. But the plumbing and electricity and some of the other components are predetermined. You're there. And then you can make the most of it within what was given you. But you're never going to be as strong as a gorilla, and that has nothing to do with where you shop or how much you work out. Yeah, it's just you have a different the, yeah. blueprint. Like, and it seems obvious, but you'd be surprised at how much resistance you find uh, when discussing these issues with people because people seem to think that people are like, "Oh, you can be anything you want to be." No, you know, you're never going to be. There's certain things you're you are deter- There's a box, and that's where you can. You know, you have like a. a, a, a I want to say a box, let me rephrase that. You have a lane where you have to operate. That's your species. You can't go outside of that.
0: Right, right. You know, uh, coming back to something you had said earlier, besides timing, is quantity. And uh, I think a lot of people overeat without even realizing they're overeating. You know, and um, an interesting fact about your stomach is that just like... You know your cars have sensors now. Your stomach has sensors that tells it whether it's full or whatnot. And your fullness takes has like a 15 minute delay, so you can eat a big meal really fast. But if you eat it within 15 minutes, you're gonna start feeling, oh, and then you yeah. you have people oh they call it that the itis right, yeah. like, oh, and you start doubling over. You overeat. And what happened was you ate too fast, so your stomach didn't have a chance to tell you in time that you overeat. I didn't know that. But that makes a lot of sense because, like, I I feel like I
1: overeat all the time, (laughs) but I can't stop eating when I'm eating. Like, you know, because I I think my brain, my my stomach has not told my brain yet that that's plenty, bro. And then, like, you're right, like 20, 30 minutes later, i was like, holy cow, I ate too much.
0: So that's why they tell you, like, eat slow, right? Because uh, when you eat slow, you're giving your stomach a chance to register. Like, oh, okay now we're good we can settle down yeah and there's even like there's also sensors for the type of food like sometimes you crave protein right and you might eat something but you're still hungry right you know that's your body telling you hey you need more protein or sometimes people crave fat or they crave carbs but like in general this that delay is important because i you know like a lot of people try to eat too much and there's a lot in their conditioning that tells us to eat more also. Like, if you didn't clean your plate when you were a kid, yeah, I get, we get yelled your parents at. are yeah, in trouble. You. Yeah. I know for me, it was my grandma. My grandma is it an yeah. Italian grandmother, So, like, you didn't eat everything. Oh, eat more. Yeah. You know? And then if you finish the plate, they give you a second and, plate. And, and, it's a mean? cultural issue, yeah. too. In
1: the northeast of Brazil, has historically always been the poorest region in Brazil. If you have fat kids, it's a sign of status. Yeah. yeah. It's a sign of social status if your children are fat. Because it means, like, look, Luxury. I got so much yeah. food at home. Look. My children are all fat. And it's changed a lot now, but like, if I, I, one of my best friends in Brazil, his mother's from the northeast of Brazil, and that's exactly how she is. If she saw you with abs, she'd be freaking out. I'm like, no, well, you know, <laughs> no, please. Eat. Yeah. And then you see, like, you know, the, the chubby your kids are the ones you're like, look at that kid. he's So cute. Look at him. Like, he just, <laughs> it's a different kind of like a set of values because of the economics behind it. It changed how we perceive health.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. But I definitely—that's a tip that can help a lot of people. Just eat slowly. Not only does that help you as far as the digestion, yeah. and you're not going to be overfull. Because my goal is when I eat, I can work out right afterwards, yeah. and I do all the time. Like I'll eat and then I'll go to the gym right away and start lifting, running, whatever. And yeah. I don't feel like I'm going to throw up or anything like that. You know, if you're feeling that, you overeat. You know what yeah. I mean, and that also is going to put you in a frame where your metabolism is going to slow down because. Uh, When you're eating to digest, blood has to go into your stomach to help with that digestion, and that's why you see people get sleepy. Yeah, because it's like the whole system's like shutting down. Like you overloaded it. Yeah, I mean, so like you want to eat eating less is gonna extend you a little bit. If you have,
1: I mean, for example, I you know I grew up in Brazil, and in Brazil they eat. I think Brazil eats more red meat than any other country of the world. It Has the cheapest red meat in the world because the biggest exporter of red meat in the world. It's very available, right? Like poor people eat steak all the time. Um, and it has to do with... It's a cultural thing, too. Like, get together Sunday, barbecue, beer, soccer, meat. Right? As a kid, I didn't even eat rice, bean salad. All I ate was meat. I just wanted meat. I just, it's, I, I love Brazilian barbecue so much. As a result, you get very, very full. And I always... I noticed this early on in my, in my childhood. I realized that when I ate steak, it would go, like, four or five hours before I feel like, oh, now I feel like I can run. You know, I feel like I'm ready to move around again. Whereas if I ate, like same amount of calories maybe something else my body like pasta my body would digest it so much faster goes back to that reason we were discussing earlier of how differently your body's going to digest all these things your body's using a lot of blood and energy to digest meat yeah right so a lot of i even feel like if i eat steak i get tired faster because my body's using a lot of that blood that could be going to my muscles to digest that meat whereas something like you know like pasta is going to just run through your body not that you should eat positive before you work out, but the, the, the digestion is a lot, lot easier. And I think that a lot of people got to pay attention to these things. So, like, generally speaking, people know this, but you shouldn't be eating meat before you work out, before you before you compete, right? Something yeah. you should be leaving to do after you're done. My father used to play basketball in, in, in high school and in college, and he said that back in the day, they actually told you to eat steak the day of the game. Like, that was the, the belief that that steak was going to make you strong. Yeah, protein, meat. yeah. yeah. But we know that's all this stuff.
0: Yeah, and again, it's a trial and process a trial and error process. If you're a competitor, you should be charting how you do with certain foods. Yeah. Right. Like a, a rookie mistake to me, and I've seen it happen so many times as a coach, is somebody will go to a competition and they're gonna try some new energy drink or whatnot the day of the competition. Yeah. I'm like, bro, have you ever tried this before? Because if you haven't, you have no idea yeah. how it's gonna react. Yeah, yeah. Supplement yeah. all the yeah, like yeah, it's like imagine you're doing experiments with like a nuclear weapon. Yeah. Are you gonna start like tinkering and when you don't know what you're doing? <laughs> yeah. It's like no, like your your body's the same way. Like don't like throw some unknown variables I, in. F- like when you're gonna compete, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I, I felt yeah. I f- I f- I f- a yeah. I'll never forget the story. He
1: was you uh, get really like sleeping during the competition. I think his adrenaline would peak so high he'd have a crash like yeah. in the second match. Right, that's happened to me too. Because, like, you're so up here so long, your body is exhausted from all that hype. And then it just kind of crashes. So this guy took, like, uh, Adderall. Oh, God. <laughs> he the, didn't have to ticket Adderall before. He took two. Because he didn't think one was enough. <laughs> <since Christ. laughs> but He was having a hard. He was free. It was funny. Because just, like, the way he was, like, after his match, the way he was talking and behaving, it wasn't even himself. You know, he was, like, yeah. high on Adderall. But yeah, you got to be careful, man. This is not something uh, um, you 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 want to test it in whatever supplements or diet. It's not that they have the competition, like they've said. It's something you have to be um, trying out before. And the other thing too is, uh, I recommend um, like you actually doing some research on what you're taking. A lot of things out there have no scientific backing. Like, um, and you'd be surprised in how you know people will push something on you and you believe it because you want to believe it, and it's there's actually no. It's just like snake oil. It's just a placebo effect, right? Yeah. There's a website called, I don't know if it's examined or examined.com. One of our affiliates in, uh, in, um, in Toronto, Ian, he's the one who recommended me take a look. And it has a lot of like scientific data. It's not really looking to get spots. It's not selling you anything. It's yeah. just giving you, have, you know, like, for example, if you type in creatine, it's going to show you all the scientific data back in creatine. Creatine is a very well-studied substance. We yeah. know it works, right? Um, and then there's others that... You know, tribulus to where it's supposed to boost your, your testosterone naturally. And the data is very iffy. Like, there's not a lot of concrete data. And I, I've, I mean, I've taken tribulus my whole life believing that it was going to increase my testosterone. And there's no evidence. I mean, some very thin yeah. evidence, but it's not conclusive like creatine, for example. So, you got to be careful. Just because the label says it's going to do this and that for you, um, I don't believe it. I kind of don't believe the F- FDA. I think they lost a lot of credibility because I feel like a lot of times they're, I wonder what level pharmaceutical industry and the health industry have lobbying influence on their policies. Oh, for sure. So, that's yeah. an issue. I'm like, I'm not saying... In, in theory, they should be screening this for us. In practice, I wonder how influenced they are by big money, right? Yeah. Big pharma. Uh, so, you know, you got to be careful. There's, I'm, I'm not saying that I know, but it's just because they say that it's going to do something doesn't mean it does.
0: Yeah, I'm not big on... Taking uh, lots of supplements or anything like that. There's only a few things I take protein powder. Yeah. Like I said, plain, unflavored uh, blend of uh, casein and whey, and hydrolyzed whey. Um, fish oil. I take that. Probably the main one. Uh, a multivitamin and a magnesium uh, zinc yeah. uh, combo. Like, that's another thing I learned recently. But sometimes they'll sell you a multivitamin. That has everything you you want, but what you don't realize is that a lot of these uh, minerals and vitamins they conflict with each other. Yeah. And for example, I didn't know that. Yeah. So like, uh, for example, magnesium and zinc, if you have them with, yeah. I forget which vitamin, they won't absorb. So it's essentially you're getting expensive pee now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just all flushing out. Yeah. So, actually, like the multivitamin has most of the stuff and then I take a separate pill with magnesium but zinc. that's when you drink your pee, Dave. Exactly. That's when you do a machine and you drink your pee in the morning. Yeah.
1: Don't tell me you don't do that.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's funny because there's yeah. some stuff that backs that up. Actually, uh,
1: I don't know. Maybe yeah. it is true. I still don't I'd I, still I, rather buy well, new you know, supplements than drink my pee, man. Yeah.
0: You know, the. but the other thing is, funny, my girlfriend always tells me that urine is, is sterile. Yeah. You won't get sick, you know... Right, it's it's just salt it. and water. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, I'd rather not. Still pee, man. It Th- doesn't smell good. So no, I can't imagine it's going to go that well. <laughs> no. Oh my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> but it's interesting. because all yeah. old, all time uh, people would, would taste their urine because they would be able to detect like what's wrong. Right? Because some people would say- like If, if you urine, want to drink a lot of urine in your life, <laughs> you'd be able to tell the nice what the person age. has. <laughs>
1: that's a lot of <laughs> pee drinking. I remember like, I used to drink take that supplemental Animal Pack. You remember that one? Hmm. I've heard about that, yeah, It yeah. was like a little bag. It had like 11 pills, I think. They're like really hard to swallow. You have to drink lots of water. You Get used to it. I, I was able to take the whole pack with no water, believe it or not. Yeah. But you get used to it. But, you know, like a couple of hours later, your pee is bright yellow. Yeah, because, yeah, Like Like glow-in-the-dark kind of yellow because it's it, your body can't absorb it, right? Yeah, so it doesn't absorb so. it. Apparently, think,
0: the, 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 the yellowish um, color comes
1: from vitamin B, actually. I thought it was just like too many vitamins in general. I used to I think like, that yeah. too. but uh, Vitamin B you something? I heard
0: it from my girlfriend. She said yeah. it's, it's – I mean, there's other things, but vitamin B is usually what gives you the very strong uh, – Because
1: covering. this is what happens. If you're deficient in something, I believe your body would absorb it. But if you're not deficient in vitamin A, what is your body going to do with it? Just because you're taking more doesn't mean your body is going to hold on to more. It yeah. only needs so much. Yes. Yeah, so right. You're getting a surplus. You know what I mean? But yes. at the very yeah.
0: least, you're getting – because a lot of times your diet might not have those yeah. those different minerals that you might be deficient of, but uh, yeah, so th- those are the only things I take. I don't take anything else uh, outside of that, and all the things I get, they're all like, quote unquote, naturally what, sourced or what. do you? Um, I I, I was, was going to ask you, like, what do you believe?
1: What is the effects of of placebo in your opinion when it comes to these diets or supplements? Because I'm kind of like, for example, I take creatine mm-hmm. because I know the data backs it up. Yeah. Right? Unless the data I've seen is faulty, I've never really studied it extensively. But I kind of, you know, I I guess like there's a belief element there that creatine works. I never felt it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then there are other things where people try to tell me there's no scientific backing, but like I actually do feel a little bit better. So I wonder, I mean, you got to be skeptic towards your own, like, you know, your own inclinations as far as, like, I want this to work. Yes. Right? Um, for example, I take a lot of CBD. For I have a lot of uh, uh, herniated disc on my lower back. It's been bothering me for 10 years. I didn't even know it was a herniated disc for probably five MRIs. Like, nothing came out. They couldn't find it. They finally found it. You have a herniated disc. So, there's a reason I have a very low tolerance for stain. It's extremely painful. When I go to the doctor, they prescribe me opioids, you know, which mm. i prescribe, but I don't take because yeah. I know the side effects. So I don't, I just rather deal with the pain than be addicted to opioids. So I've been experimenting a lot with CBD and I've been hearing a lot of mixed things about it. Like, you know, it may not be as, um, potent yeah, yeah, exactly. Not as potent or a lot of it just might be placebo or it's not, uh, the, 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 the it's not as efficient as, you know, you would, you would have believe, but it helps me. So I always wonder, I always ask myself, how much of that is actually helping you versus is just placebo?
0: You know, I, I think if you, uh, well, one thing is you, you don't want to overly convince yourself of what you want to believe, right? No. Like, because you, you, might, you might be saying, oh, I want to believe that CBD helps me yeah. and I'm going to start doing it and then you're kind of buying it into your own hype. But at the same time, if it works, why the placebo might not be yeah. such a bad thing you know granted if you're not no uh, getting I mean, it, it's, in any way, if it does the job it does, it does the, the job I, I try to like everything I take I take and I just I measure like everything uh, I do like my girlfriend gets nuts because I'll do body measurements I'll I measure every part of my body like once a month and whatnot. I record everything I eat every day my weight so like I know there's a metric that I can measure right like I also track my sleep and all that so like if I'm not getting enough sleep, or I'm not feeling good energy levels, and I'm doing the same thing, yeah, then I know okay, either something's wrong here, or something's missing. And then that's why that's what to me it's all trial and error. I yeah. always have to be playing around with the, the variables. But like right now, I'm in a pretty good place. Yeah. I feel very. Uh, I'm getting pretty good sleep. I'm working out well. Feeling healthy. Yeah, and the most important. Yeah. If
1: you feel good. Like I. Yes, 100%. Placebo, if it does the job, you don't want to know. As long as it's working, you <laughs> feel. even if it's psychological, you know, I, I think that's extremely important. Yeah. Uh, I, I, was, I was convinced that acupuncture worked, you know. And I wrote a, a, a health article a while ago, and I had a guy, you know, who edited the article for me. And he's like, actually, there's no backing for it. And I'm like, get out of here, you know. Like, and I started looking into it. There really is no scientific evidence to back it up. It's, it's controversial because yeah. you know they're going to claim it does, but it's difficult to measure because when someone sticks a needle on you, where's the control group? Someone's sticking a needle on you, you know exactly. You know there's no way of fooling your body to believe that didn't. There was nothing like the, the needle, kind of like it tells you that you are doing acupuncture. So it's yeah. the, the control group can never be. You know, so it's a difficult thing to verify, but it's not something that like science backs. Like, right? and I've always believed in. I've done acupuncture so many times, and I've there's so many so much stuff out there that we don't know if it actually works. But we just kind of take it because everyone else taken it, and um, yeah, you just gotta be careful, man. Hey,
0: well, this uh, you, you have Bob a good point, right? Because you had said that you've been taking creatine, and one of the reasons why was because you read the yeah. research that it does, but you didn't do the research. No, exactly. You, you don't know. You're trusting. Somebody, there's an element right? of faith there. 100. So we are right. Yeah. Like pretty much everything that we've ever learned yeah. from a secondhand source, yeah. it's a faith element. You're, you're believing, but, you know, like... But there's, there's, here's the thing, though. I,
1: I think that scientists and academics can definitely get it wrong, and mm-hmm. it's often corrected by other scientists and other academics, but there's still a much better source than the layperson. You know, I think that if I had to trust someone in a jiu-jitsu lesson, I would rather trust the jiu-jitsu coach over the basketball coach. Right. Even though some jiu-jitsu coaches are pretty crappy. Even the crappy coaches are still more likely to give me better advice than the basketball coach. So I think that I would still, even though I know it's an element of faith, because I wasn't there during the experiment, and I don't have my own personal critical judgment on that experiment, right? I would still lean towards
0: the people who went to school, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I I like following people who are doing what I'm doing. That's working. Because to me, that, that even weighs a little bit heavier, then someone says, this works, but has never done it, right? Because yeah. then you have someone who's just like a, a researcher, but he's not doing field trials, yeah. right? Where um, I had mentioned this before, but like, it's like going to a gym to work out and someone's going to give you workout advice and they're completely out of shape. Yeah, it's kinda, suspicious. It, it, it it's, might be an amazing coach. I mean, they, they could be, but right? you're, you're
1: immediately suspicious. There's something yeah. incongruent
0: with that experience, yes. right? Yes. yes, I agree. Because then it's like, why aren't you doing it? Yeah. If, it's, yeah, if, if you, it if, works, why... It's why like
1: going to a dentist and he's got horrible he's teeth. He's missing teeth. You're like, here, looking at right? him. going, that, Wait a second. You're, you're going to tell me how <laughs> to take care of my teeth? Yeah. I've actually seen that. It's horrible. Yeah,
0: yeah right. so I, I think, yeah. Oh, yeah, you mentioned something too. To me, one of the best measures of health is your vitality. Yeah. Your energy. The aesthetics has never been something that's a driving force for me. Yeah. As you can see, I'm a... Harry Monkey, you know, like <laughs> if I cared, I would be doing body waxing and stuff. To me, that's never i I
1: cared just not to the point of let it take over my life. You know, like I've never had even like weigh ins. I never had abs. I never cared either. You know? yeah. It's kind of like a baby abs at best. I don't know. I I think some people care too much, and some people don't care at all. You gotta yeah. You, you definitely it's a balance. You definitely you know? have to care because yeah. I mean, I just want to be single forever.
0: You know, <laughs> some you got to some extent, you gotta care. Yeah, I mean. Your, your brain, your your soul, you know, your body is being carried by this physical vehicle of your body, yeah. and, if, and if, it's in shambles, how do you think you're you're going to be doing overall? Your yeah. emotional state's affected by it, you know, and your thoughts and your feelings—they're all affected by the way you, you carry yourself, you know. So if you if you don't take care of your body, it's a symptom to me of other problems mental, emotional, or you know, mental or or otherwise so uh, again if you're a little overweight or whatnot that's subjective but if you're like morbidly obese or you're or you know you're overweight right like maybe you're carrying 50 pounds past what you should be you know to me that's a mental imbalance right it's like what's going on why are you disregarding your your health yeah and most people they feel it right like they know something's wrong like but they're like ah either make excuses or they put it off for later procrastination. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, I'll wait till the next year or I'll wait till this thing's done. Yeah. And then I think there's
1: some people who just truly don't care. Like, they're just going to, they're hedonists, you know. I'm just going to eat my, myself the grave and I'm happy. And I, I've met some, like, really obese people in my life. They were, like, completely, old. I mean, they seemed okay at least, you know. Even yeah. though they knew they weren't healthy. They weren't, like, in denial about it. It was just like, oh, screw it, you know. Um I don't know. Like to me, like I, I maybe fail at this more often. than I succeed, but I try to find a balance in life. You know, I've never. I was never like a health Nazi where I'd go, oh, I'm not gonna eat, you know, donut ever. Or I mean, if I want to eat it, I'm gonna eat one. You know, if I'm gonna eat, like I have a thing for like, like, like chips. I love ch- Cheetos, man. I don't even buy Cheetos because if I buy them, I mean, they're gonna last like half an hour. <laughs> I don't buy them because I love them so much, right? But if I see a bag of Cheetos somewhere, you know, if I'm hungry and I'm dry, I'll, I'll, I'll eat some, you know, but yeah. it's not, you have to find that balance and your discipline's got to kick in at some point, you know, and go That's like, I'm t- eat too much, I'll eat a handful of Cheetos, you don't eat, have to eat the whole bag, even though, in the case of Cheetos, I'd rather just not have it around just in case, you know, but you just like, have to find a balance and I think that, uh, you know, closer to our world, I think that people, when they're, going back to the dentist analogy or the, the, the strength and conditioning coach who's overweight. You know, we have to monitor our health as instructors, yeah. you know, because people look up to you and it's not the best example if you're not trying. No, you know? you're, a, robot, you're right? a role model, You're a role model. Well, it doesn't mean you're not a good coach. You can yeah. be an outstanding coach, super knowledgeable, right? And be will be, it's very different things, but it's it, it, it doesn't really, it, it helps, you know. It's, it, like, it's like, imagine a coach that doesn't teach takedowns. He might be a great coach, but he's still missing the takedowns as part of his coaching. Like, how can you teach jiu-jitsu and not show a closed guard or a takedown? They have to be part of your, you know, overall, you know, library. Exactly. And then the diet, to me, falls in that category. I avoid, like, eating junk food in front of my students, to be honest. Like, I don't eat much. But, like, when I do, it's like I try not to because, you know, at the end of the day, people do look up to you. And you're kind of like, the thing about being a coach, you're constantly under scrutiny. For sure. Yeah,
0: so you you have to kind of monitor your behavior on and off the mats. Yeah, and, you know... Like we were saying, you are a role model, and a lot of these people who are coming to train are just trying to get in better shape. They're trying to feel better about themselves, whether yeah. it's to gain confidence or whatnot. And your physical appearance is a big part of that. Yeah. And the way you can move your body is also a big part of that. That's why, to me, like, I know there's some people who are overweight, and they're like, oh, I'm happy with the way I am. I'm yeah. like, are you, though? I mean, I, I, I'm, sus- I'm suspicious of that. I think that's a front. Yeah. You know, If you're, you know really overweight. I'm not talking about like if you're, if you're like 10 pounds, 15 pounds, whatever, that's aesthetic, right? Now it's like whatever. But like if you're, your range of motion is limited or your physical activity yeah, is limited you by know, help size, up, yeah, you know, you can't tell me that you're living your, your full life. You're, no, you're missing out on experiences. A hundred percent.
1: And I, I, I don't want to judge. Like some situations just weren't there, but I see people on those little scooters. Yeah. But, and it's just like, it's like, man, like what is this, man? Yeah, it's one That's thing if you're crazy. injured or you're like, they're you know. You're injured, or, you're 80 years old. but right. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I, look, I was I, in West Virginia for
0: like two years yeah. and I saw so many people because or West Virginia is the obesity capital of the U.S. Yeah. Raining for a while, apparently, because it still is now. Yeah. And you would see so many people on scooters, you know, and they're like 30 years old. I don't understand. And you're just like, just enormous. And I, enormous. I hate judging, man, because, like, you know, we all judge. Yeah. you tell me, oh, I
1: don't judge. Yeah, you do it. We all do, right? Even if you keep it to yourself, you're judging. But, you know, I think, the, I, don't, I don't know, I don't say, this, cause at the end of the day, they're adults. They're yeah. free, you know, adults, and they can choose to live their lives that way. But it's, I think, in, in the case of them having children and, and then raising their children like that, it borders on child abuse. Yeah. If you don't take care of your child's health, if you want to destroy your own health, it's that's kind of like if you want to yeah. smoke crack when you're in your you know, early 20s, uh, it's kind of like, all right, you're an adult. I don't agree with you. I think you're nuts. But, hey. Go for it. I, you know, but when with, with children, I think that there's definitely a, uh, situations where the state should step in and do something about it because you are, it, 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 to me, it's child abuse. If you're feeding your children garbage all day, every day, and they're obese and you're not doing anything about it, that's child abuse.
0: Yeah, you know, and... It's hard being a, a big kid growing up, you know yeah. what I mean. So it's not beside besides, besides he, the physical damage that you're doing, you're you're giving them some mental stigmas as well. Yeah, but here's the thing and though, The like,
1: habits are gonna build. That, you got pushed okay. as a child when you got if you were okay, you got bullied and made fun of so much. You know what? I should probably shape up, but you can't. So like, there's less pressure at school because no one can say anything either. Yeah. And I'm like, I think that I don't know. I think that in some instances, political correctness has pushed it too far. We should be able to. Hey man, yeah, you should probably lose some weight. You know, yeah. I, I'm not saying have abs, but you are unhealthy. But again, it, that is judgment on my part. I understand that. But.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, there's no reason to like chastise or make fun of somebody, yeah. but to point out something that's wrong, I don't think. Well, I, I call yeah. that helping. Yeah. That's
1: tough love to me. Like if I if I tell you something wrong, dude, I'm the kind of guy. If I have bad breath, I want you to tell me. Yeah. Don't be like if I you know if I have something on my I've got a beard most of the year, you know. I get food on and People don't say anything. Are you kidding me, bro? Like, <laughs> nothing, you know, yeah, like a boogie hanging out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, I want to hear it, man. Like, I, yeah. I, I like to surround myself with people who criticize me, and and even if it's honestly, sometimes like I've been criticized in my life for, you know, and, and as an attempt of attacking me, not helping me, but they were trying to hurt me, and I still took it like in a positive way because I go. Thank you. You made me a, aware of an aspect of my personality I was unaware of. It's a mistake that I've been making. You're right. You know. But I'd like to surround myself with people that tell me the truth. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, you know, this is for truth for fighting and, and for life in general. I don't like people who bullshit me just to make me feel good. I don't and yeah, you might make me feel good momentarily, but you don't solve the problem unless you point out the problem. And sometimes people are unaware of the problem, A. Yes. Or B, they just don't know what to do about it. So I think that friends and family should intervene a lot of times and break it down. you like, hey, man, this is what's going on. You know, this is how we're going to help you. And that's true for physically and psychologically. I mean, I'm sure there traits about your personality that, you know, you've probably been, I got many. That's why I'm saying you might probably have <laughs> a, at least a few. I have so many that really upset people, right? There's yeah. certain things in my personality that drive people crazy around me. And, you know, sometimes you're unaware of it until someone makes you aware of it. And then that's the first step, correcting whatever that is. For sure. Is awareness, right?
0: You know, and especially when you talk about things like uh, when people are depressed or whatnot. Yeah. Like someone who is chronically depressed is generally not going to dig himself out of the hole without some help, right? Yeah. And if you're just being, a, like you said, like a yes man or just saying what those people want to hear, they'll never get themselves it's out. It's not love. It's yeah.
1: not love. I was with my daughters. Yeah, you're walking in the park, and I was teaching them what tough love was. And I was explaining that tough love is real love. Because, like, Coach Max makes the kids run sprints after class every day. And the kids hate it. Because, yeah. like, some of them are crying. They don't want to run sprints. at all. He runs it kind of like a wrestling practice, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I was explaining, like, why does he do that? And then, like, she there quiet. I'm like, it's because he likes you. And he wants you to be stronger. So that's what we call tough love. And they understood it. So, you know, when, when the teacher asks you to study hard, what is he, is he being nicer mean? And then my daughter went, oh, she's being nice. Why? Oh, because she's helping me be better. I'm like, exactly. And, you know, and it's funny because, like, sometimes kids do a better job understanding simple little life lessons than adults do because adults have, like, all that ideology to defend themselves with. And they go, that's not how it is. This is how it should be. Right? When you explain it to a child, I find, like, my children are often, like, more open to to understanding these, like, some of these, these principles, you know. And, like, understand if I'm being hard on you, it's because I care for you. You know, not because, you know, I'm trying to hurt you or by exposing you to the truth. You
0: know, you know the, sometimes the more you know, the less you know, right? Because one of the analogies I've heard about, like children, like children yeah. absorb things much easier than yeah. adults because they know less, right? And when you know less, that means there's more possibilities, right? Because, yeah. it, it's, for example, if you, if you go with a student that's a know-it-all, it's very hard to coach them. Because they already believe they know everything, Yeah. so how are you going to teach somebody that already knows what you're teaching them? They're you uncoachable. Can't. I think we were, yeah. was it, I
1: was talking to you, what were we talking about this the other day, the uncoachables. Like yeah. there's some people that can't be coached. Yeah. And I, I don't even, as, as I've done my, around BJJ and MMA, and I've gotten to the point where some people I just don't want to coach them. They're their own worst enemies. They don't want to listen. It's like, hey man, if you don't trust me, then get the hell out of
0: here. Yeah, it's like, hard. Go somewhere else. It's hard I, to teach somebody
1: who knows everything.
0: Yeah. And, so. yeah. I mean, that's why as a child when you literally don't know anything, <laughs> it's easier to accept these lessons. But once you start knowing things or you yeah. think you know them and people start trying to tell you stuff, you have excuses armed that yeah. they're ready, you know, or you have this things that you think you understand yeah. that conflicts. And that's why like I think there's a Socrates that says he knows nothing. Yeah. You know? All I know is that I nothing know. Yeah. You know, so... Ignorance was...
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's the acknowledgement of ignorance that
0: makes you wise. Yes. Right. So, uh, for sure, you know, and I think that... Uh, it makes you a lot more humble, and that's why being humble yeah. is a desirable trait, right? Because people feel that you're approachable and that you'll listen to that, yeah. right? Because someone who's very arrogant generally doesn't listen to people, right? They, yeah. they, they have their own mind... White belt mentality. Yeah. yeah. Right? We're just talking about that. So, for sure. And I think when we come back, like, to just like your, your lifestyle and your diet or whatnot, you always have to be willing to learn new things. And yeah. that's why I try new things. Like, I mean, I've been yeah. doing this now for like 20 something years. And when I started, actually the whole thing that got me into going through my diet and my exercise routine again was when I had the knee surgery, right? I had an imbalance. My, I like lived with this for like, probably like five years. Yeah. And it was kind of like one of those things oh it's not a big deal or i'll I'll take care of it later down the road but like i look back and like man if i would have taken care of this when it happened like five years ago i would have had a much better quality of life yeah for the five years you know like i wasn't running wasn't wrestling was being very limited physical capabilities and that's kind of what happens with people when you have bad health like in general like if you're out of shape or whatnot you're not going to have energy to do the things that you, you might want to do. Yeah. But you're like, oh, I'm being physically limited by my obesity or by just being bad nutrition, I'm not able to move. You know, So like these are the type of things that you should be taking care of immediately when you can identify them. Yeah. And Like you said, if you have a, a, a true friend that's going to tell you, hey, look, you're out of balance or you're out of this. It just says something. Yeah.
1: I, wanna, I, I, wanna, I just want to block in one thing there, true friend. Because I've struggled in the past, you know, something – and some people may be struggle with like identifying people who actually when they give you advice they're actually looking out for you or when they're looking out for themselves. Yeah. So you're going to find a lot of people in your circle and that's this is true for everyone. A lot of times when they give you advice they really have their own agenda at heart. You know, I think that's a very important uh, being able to identify advice when it is aimed at bettering you or is it just for their own sake. You know, and I think people can be very selfish, right? So, that's something to watch, something to watch out for. Because, like, you really want to take advice, but you have to be able to, like, narrow down who your true friends are. You know, the people yeah. that, that, like, they they would be there for you regardless. You know, and there's, you know, you, you if you really narrowed it down, man, like, it's a small circle most people have. You know?
0: it, it is, because generally everybody's looking out for their needs, and rightly so. You got to take care of yourself. Yeah. But I always feel like, like I think we are all selfish by nature, and everything yes. that I do is ultimately going to help me in some way, yeah. whether it's emotional or yeah. financial, physical, whatever. But I think what separates like a good friend from someone like you said who's being more manipulative is that someone who's good is trying to make win-win situations. Yeah. Right. Like you know, I'm going to do this for you, Rob, to help you out, and I know it's going to also help me. But you're going to get benefit from this, yeah. or maybe more benefit than me, or whatnot. Right. Uh, whereas someone who's manipulative is just trying to engineer a situation which is beneficial to them, yeah, um, yes. and whatever happens to you, whatever the consequence you know what I mean? of what's beneficial. Yeah. You know what's funny about people like
1: that is that the ability people have to self-deceive, to oh, yeah. lie to themselves until you know, construct a narrative that suits them, so they can go, oh, I'm really trying to help Dave, when if you actually looked at things, you know, bluntly, you know, you would actually go, no, you're not. You're actually looking out for yourself. You know, there's, a, there's an old uh, Latin proverb, Roman proverb that went, qui bonum, who benefits? Yeah. You know, so when I find out if there's a problem, political problem, yeah. <laughs> instead of, like, pointing fingers, like, you, you do it reverse engineering. You yeah. look at the end result and you go, who benefits? Go right? That's your number one yeah. suspect. <laughs> and then you trace back the facts, right? And it's a way of finding things out because, yeah, the person who benefits from that situation is normally, that's your, you, you, it tells a story, right? Yeah, In politics, sure. we say follow the money. Yeah. You know, you wanna find out what's happening in the world, stop watching the news, follow the money. It's it really comes down to that because like these things, they, they take precedence over a lot of other things. So, you know, that's one thing I try to identify is like, okay, if this person's telling me to do this X, Y, and Z, this advice, how do they benefit from that? If I don't find anything, I'm going, it seems to be more genuine advice. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, I think a lot of times too like you help people and again if you're a decent person, a good person, you do get satisfaction from knowing that you were able to contribute to somebody's life and make it better. Yeah, you know, like, with, absolutely, with without yeah. any like other motive, really. Yeah. you know, you're just getting that. You've talked about this before yeah. when you're coaching or whatnot. It's like that that feeling or that's it's gratifying. Uh, yeah, it's very gratifying when you know that you've helped someone get to another level, and even if it never comes back to you, you know, that doesn't really matter. You know, you you made the world a better place Right. and with that, a small and, that, and that has
1: that has value yeah. like that is it it's not you can't uh, uh quantify it but it's um you know we, we we need people like that we need actions like that on people everyone has the potential to be kind and evil i believe that yeah but we need people making those efforts to you know improve on people around them Hundred percent.
0: for sure i mean i think that's why like you know me and you got into coaching you know? yeah. we at, at least for me i've had the that given to me in spades or people yeah. i haven't had many coaches in my life and very for very same here. Limited yeah. amounts of time. I had my wrestling coach Tierso for about three years. I my uh, MMA coach Randy for about two years, and that's pretty much it. Besides me and my brother, you, you're yeah. largely
1: self-taught, right? Would you say that? Yeah,
0: for the most part. For the most part, the I, most part. I feel
1: in some ways I was self-taught because I, I trained for large portions of time by myself. Most of my just career fact, I didn't have a coach at all, right? And I feel in some ways it's made me a better coach because I, I try. I feel like I try to supply to my students what wasn't easily supplied to me, sometimes you can over- overdo it because I think, like, the grind is part yeah. of, like, you know, sometimes you give too much. We had this discussion before, but yeah. uh, you can overdo it, right? Kind of like spoiling a child. Yep. You know the dad that yep. had it super hard in his childhood, and then he goes, like, opposite, like 180, and he's trying, like, now I'm going to give my son everything, you know, like, he wants, and he's actually doing him a disfavor. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I think that, uh, um, you know, I, I, I think that, Coaches, they they are striving to 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 help their student, but you just have to like feed them the right amount of help. You know?
0: Yeah, you know, and, and uh, yeah, it's one of the nicer things. That's why I felt like I wanted to talk a little bit about diet and nutrition today, because it's one of those things that can make an immediate impact on someone's life if they implement it. But like you said, the main thing with having a good diet or exercise lifestyle is discipline. Yeah. Like anybody to me that is. Massively overweight or whatnot, has discipline problems. Yeah, Because at the end of the day, like if you want to lose weight, you stop eating, you'll lose weight. Right? Yeah. So like, But it's a, it's a discipline issue. How much to eat, when to eat. Yeah. These are all factors that are, are important. So that's why I think it translates to everything else. Because if you have good discipline in your diet, it will translate everywhere else. Because that's like one of the hardest things to control. You know, I think besides sex, food. Yeah, food. It's yeah. The thing, absolutely. There's <laughs> yeah. like...
1: Yeah, it, you're programmed to, to want these things, and it's it's very hard to fight that. I struggled, I remember cutting away from fights. It was like, you know, I, I, I can watch, I can see a commercial of like hamburgers or pizza and not really yeah. crave it, but like, oh man, I even like the food that would normally be nasty to me, like Taco Bell or something, I'd see a commercial and be like, man. That looks delicious right now it's because your, your your stomach is messing with your head, you know. You're craving that. But it's an addiction, too. That's the other thing. Yeah. I, I, I'm drinking water now. I all, pretty much only drink water. I drink coffee, too. I don't have – I mean, juice, if it's around, I'll drink it. But I don't make juice. Yeah. I don't drink soda. I haven't drink. I mean, if there's nothing else to drink, I'll drink a glass of Coke. But, like, I don't crave it. I don't buy it, right? And it was a habit because I was addicted to sugar drinks for a long time, you know, a big part most, – most of my life, in fact – and maybe like ten, fifteen years ago, I just stopped, and I'd only drink water. And then you stop craving it. You go through a cold turkey phase, for sure. like and these we we think of we associate cold turkey with you know drugs, obviously, but it, it goes for a lot of things in life. Oh yeah, even relationships. It goes for uh, your, your relationships in the gym. It goes for you know things you eat. Like your body gets used to certain. Uh, uh, nourishment whether it's social whether it's emotional whether it's physical and then when it's taken away from you like there's a void there right so you know i i for example like it's stressful i I like to smoke cigars you know and it to me it's like a stress relief thing Like if i'm like stressed out like i'll smoke a cigar it kind of relaxes me like to me it's it's yeah, it's something that kind of s- s- replaces, you know, like the 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 whatever issues I'm, ha- I'm I'm dealing with at the moment, right? So a cigar helps. Um, I think that a lot of people that are struggling with like these, trying to break from an addiction or something, they will look for something
0: like that, right? For like, sure, but, no, like what you had said with the emotions, it's another big factor in in, in your life and how you deal with stress, right? Yeah. And people who tend to be overweight have what they call comfort foods. Yeah, right?
1: yeah. That's, I, I, that's exactly... Because I, I heard that term before. Yeah. And Like, I know people, they, they, they lean towards these things for as a form of comfort. You yeah, know, you,
0: and, the, the common, like, TV trope of women eating ice cream when they wake yeah, a, yeah. a up or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. That's real, though. Yeah. People do that. that. Yeah. You know, I, I used to do that, too. Yeah. Like, if I was just, like, oh, tired or bored or something like that or, or I wasn't feeling about I'm ice cream, yeah. pound it away or whatnot. You know, like, you people have... Like what you were saying, mental associations with certain patterns of behavior, yeah, sometimes yeah. like smoking, or sometimes, and it, you know, everybody has a way of coping with stress, yeah, yeah. and like a little bit is fine, but sometimes they get overblown. Like yeah. to me, like the smoker who's like smoking like like two packs of cigarettes a day, like shoving them down, is a very different mental state than like when you're just smoking a cigar casual, yeah, yeah. right? Or it's like the same thing with drinking, you know, like if you're, yeah. if you're drinking a glass of wine with friends or whatnot. It's very different versus the guy who goes on a bender drinking pitchers of beer.
1: You can can replace one problem with another much bigger. In the case of alcohol, I think a lot of people lean towards that. And I've always been like, I don't drink much. People who know me, I'm not a big drinker. Never have been. But like occasionally, you know, I'll have Mm -hmm. a drink or two. I've always had. I've always been paranoid of anything, you know, any kind of addiction. I've always been threatened, frightened of like you developing any kind of addiction. But I always had like, two rules with me. Like, I never drink alone, and I never drink if I'm not feeling well. That's a good rule. Because I would never want that to become something I lean on. Because I've seen it in my family. Oh, yeah. You know, and I just, yeah, something to watch out for, you know. And I think that goes for everything. Not just, uh, I think foods are definitely a way yes. people look to fill, you know, that void, whatever they're going through. And um, it's it's a way of replacing one kind of pain with a different Correct, kind of pain. Correct,
0: right? That's what uh, you know, what's your coping can be, right? Like, you're... You're essentially disguising one problem by creating another one that that's easier to to deal with, right? Like yeah. you, a lot of people who have like deep emotional problems, sometimes they I forgot what they call the term, but you essentially can create your own physical pain yeah. on on demand without realizing it, right? Like yeah. in the states, like it's very common like for people to have neck and back pain, yeah, and just from being stressed. Yeah. Not for many... Not, they're office workers and they're getting yeah. pain and it's like in the a chair. Or, no, it's not that. It's that like you're, you're manifesting pain through your body. Through your body yeah. and it's through like, oh, I think they call it like oxygen deprivation. Essentially your body deprives oxygen in a certain region and that causes the pain sensation. Yeah. But it's like, it, it's a manufactured pain because you have a stress, an emotional yeah. problem that you are not confronting. And like the pain has to be expressed whether and, it's somewhere. Yes. I know, I've, I've dealt with this myself like a... I was like 2004, 2005, the gym was in shambles, and uh, just going through a really rough time. Like this when we just opened up the gym, my brother and I were like maybe like $30,000 in debt, paying like 29% APR and credit card loans. <sighs> a <disaster. laughs> it was a freaking disaster. And there was nights where like, nobody would show up to the gym, and like, no phone calls, no emails. You're like, oh my God, how are we going to survive this? Yeah. You know? And I would have chronic back pain. And the thing is, I wasn't even training because yeah. I, was, I was actually working a job uh, to support the gym. And my lower back was a disaster. Like, I could barely run. I remember I would, I would run a mile. It took me 14 minutes. And I was trying. Yeah. But it was like so much pain. Like every step. Like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. I'm like, man, I haven't done anything to my back. Yeah. I bought a new bed, like, like $1,500, oh, the orthopedic bed, whatever. Did nothing. Yeah. And I remember it was my father. He gave me this book. He goes, David, read this. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, Healing Back Pain by Dr. John Sarno. It was like a 100 page book. And it just outlined that. Like, uh, you're, oh, man, I wish I remember the term. I have, I have terrible memory, Robert. That's the one thing. No, I mean, you don't tell stories yeah, all the time. You don't yeah, say that, man. You, yeah. you got good memory. But uh, that's I'm an honest man. That's yeah. why I tell my girlfriend yeah. like, I'm a terrible liar because I can't <laughs> remember stories. Mm-hmm. I just tell you what it's in my heart. Yeah. So I read this book. And it just outlined the fact that a lot of people are experiencing back pain. It's not because they're having back pain. It's just stress. Yeah. And the next day, Rob, the back pain went away. Yeah. And I, it's just after I went to a chiropractor. I went to all the different things. Yeah. And I read this one book, done. And i referred that book to a lot of my students. And they would come back to me, David, okay. you changed my life. I'm like, no, yeah, it wasn't me. It was a book. You know? I,
1: I have, a, um, like, I, I, I get, like, rashes sometimes on, like, my, my side here. And I wonder if it's stress related or anything like that, but maybe it is. Like my body just manifests in a certain way. I've had back pain for so long, I've not been stressed out for that. <laughs> I know, but like my neck and back, well, my lower back, I have a herniated disc. So I think that's not something that's going to go away regardless of how stressed I yeah. am. But no, I actually believe that. I think that, you know, your, your body will look for outlets. You know, if it can't, you know, it's got to, it, 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 it maybe it deals with stress or like, you know, no, so stress, physical has, pain, yeah, stress
0: has physical consequences and mental consequences. Yeah. Everyone in your life, you know? So, like, you know, your body pains are just one of them. Yeah. But, you know, if you ever been in a tough, like, emotional battle with a significant other, you get headaches, people get stressed, sweating. I haven't known what do. that's like in a while. Never, never, ha- to never be. happened before. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's been a minute. I forgot what it's like. I hear about it these days, and I'm like, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, there's that distant memory, Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, it does have consequences. And for some people, yeah. diet is the way they, yeah. they solve that problem. And it's a very unhealthy association. And you make certain – like, I remember for me, I used to drink milk all the time. Yeah. And my association – I would never drink milk by itself. I would always drink milk with some type of cookie, yeah. brownie. And I had this association for decades, Rob. Like, anytime I was going to eat a cookie or a brownie or some type of sweet – I have to have milk. I yeah. do, like, what I'm gonna do? Eat it by itself? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and I, I made these little things, and I had like a lot of these, and then like I started cleaning them out. Now, like, I haven't drank a glass of milk, like probably not, like over a year. Yeah, I me mean too. To I don't it. drink it. I, I was, used, to, and man, I used to drink it all the time. I discovered yeah. late in
1: life I'm lactose intolerant. Most people are, oh. you know, to different degrees, but yeah, like I, I've gotten rid of. I mean, I would ice cream and butter, cheese every now, and then, you know, but like milk is something completely out of my diet, and I actually do feel better.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, I just stopped it because I'm like, oh, it's extra calories, a lot, and there's a good amount of sugar in milk that you don't realize. I've, you
1: know? I, I've heard like mixed reports on milk. Like, I've heard horrible things about it, and things. Oh, that I still love it. It's not that. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah. Milk and Oreos are still like probably my <laughs> one of my favorite things to eat in the whole world. But um, yeah, I mean, it's probably. I mean, it, it is true. Probably, probably everyone's probably heard of this before. We're the only animal that continues to drink milk. After it starts, stops, stops. Well, longer there's Do other, other animals, animals that drink. I, I I always heard of that. I mean, yeah, and like, I mean, what? they
0: even have tribes in uh, I think in Mongolia that they they have was it goats or I forget what, but they they but burn. other than humans, uh, I mean, those are humans. But I think there's other animals that also drink milk, but very very rare. There, they yeah. for the most part, it's not. But I, I don't know if it's that big of a deal. Like as I far think, as I like being he, unnatural, or yes. not? No, I, I, I you can obviously handle it, but like just like anything. I think if you're doing it in excess, yeah, you're probably creating Like an anything. Office. So yeah. I
1: think that the, the gist of the conversation here is, guys, is, you know, I have to summarize. It goes balance, you know, don't go crazy. Um, you know, it's like anything, you know, you want to find a balance. So when it comes to your diet. I, I think that people should be a little suspicious of the health industry, careful. Not everything that's out there is true. Um, but basically more important than being super strict on a diet is creating healthy habits. I think that's the easiest way to deal with it. It's well, just sure. to create the habit of, like, for example, I got rid of soda. Like, the ha- yeah, not drinking soda for me is a habit. Yes, right. And then once you do that, like, diets are not necessary. You know, and it's kind of like easy because you just got rid of. I don't. I eat. This is how I took it. I eat whatever I want. When people say that, I'm like, you mean you eat donuts all day? Like, no, I don't want to eat donuts. All day. Yeah, I'm happy with one. You know, like I don't want to eat pasta every day. Like, I'm. I like my kale. I like. Uh, I like other foods. It's just that when I say I eat whatever I want, it means that I do want to eat beets. Yeah. I do want to eat carrots. It's just that I've trained myself to eat a balance of, of everything. Like my pyramid is not a pyramid. It's more like it's something I've shaped myself. Like this is what my diet's like. And I don't have to eat junk food all the time because I don't crave it.
0: Yes. Yeah, so like I think uh, my brother's wife, Rima, they have a women-only boot camp in Miami. And they've yeah. been doing it for years now. And They always say they don't teach you a diet. They're going to teach you a lifestyle. Yes. Right. Because diets has a connotation of crashing. Yeah. Like you do it and then you're off. And then, and when you're joining that boot camp, it's a lifestyle change. And we've had women there for like 10 years plus. And they're all in great shape, but they realize it's not like I get in shape and then I get, I stop. No, no, like it's a lifetime journey now. Right. Now we're fit people and we're going to stay that way. So, like you're saying, adopting healthy habits is the way to go. And when you're able to do that, to me, it's an exercise of discipline right? Like, when you're able to say, I'm going to stop doing this, right? I'm going to stop drinking soda. You you can't really destroy something entirely. You replace it with something else, right? Because there's always something in the void. So, like, if I was drinking soda all day, if I stop drinking soda and don't do anything else, I die. I I need some fluid intake, right? So then it's replacing one, a bad habit, with a good habit. So instead of drinking soda, now I drink water. Mm -hmm. Instead of watching TV for two hours a day, I'm going to Go to the gym in those two hours. Yeah. So uh, that's to me the exercise of discipline because we don't like changing. In general, it's hard to change. It's hard to change, yeah. right? For for a variety of reasons. One, you know, uh, you're accustomed to doing something, right? And I, and I think a lot of it is just by survival as well, because even if you've been doing something wrong, you've been doing that something wrong probably your whole life, and it hasn't failed you, so to speak, because you're still around. Right, So like if I sat around and watched TV for two hours a day, it's worked. I'm I'm, I'm still here. I might be like out of shape or not completely happy with who I am, but I'm still around. What happens if I start going to the gym? Maybe I get hurt or whatnot. Now, I'll stay here doing my TV routine, you know, so I think a lot of that, that's part of the resistance of change. Because you're going into an unknown territory yeah. that you might not be able to survive. And you have
1: it. to reshape all the habits that come with this new behavior. Yeah. Because when you have a like life change, like you add jujitsu to your schedule, for example, it's not it's not one little thing that's added. Like it's everything. Now you got to you know you get a meal ready before you leave. You have to. Uh, wash your gi before you come to the gym. So, like, a number of things change just yeah. by simply because you start. Maybe your wife's got to pick up the kids from school now because you're not going to be able to. So like all these moving parts. And it's difficult. Sometimes I'll try to make changes in my life and it's so hard, man. It's just so much easier to flow in the routine because everything is working for the most part. The most part Frankenstein yeah. working, but working, you know. And all of a sudden you want to revamp everything. Very difficult to do. But I think that at some point, you know, if it's you know, if it's unhealthy in any way, shape, or form, like an intervention might be needed, or even for yourself, like just have a radical change of lifestyle. You know, I always tell people that disappear from the gym, I always go, your first class is always the hardest one, you know that. Yeah. And it's not something that the class itself is walking through the door. Yeah. Just walk. And then when you tell people like that, it's like, oh, walking well, through the door is not that hard. Well, That's the hardest thing for you to do. Yeah. Once you're in the door, everything's easier. It's like, and it's true, it's that yeah. stepping through the door. So I tell people, You've created a habit of training every day, don't you? you need to keep, like so, let's not break that habit. Get into the bad habit because redirecting that in, back into training is very difficult. So like I, I don't people necessarily stop training when they're injured. I tell them to change their training. Yeah, there are injuries like you had knee surgery. Obviously, you can't train. There are situations you really got to be in bed. But for the most part, I advise people to work around their injuries to you know keep reinforcing that habit, even if it's just sitting on the sidelines watching your friends yeah. train, which I'd done more times than I can count. I literally drive to the gym just to watch my friends train. Yeah. If I couldn't train because to me that was reinforcing a habit that I enjoyed and was healthy, you know? Yeah.
0: I think I talked about that by my fighter Jason Suarez. Yeah. He had suffered a motorcycle accident, yeah. almost died. Long story short, he ended up being on a wheelchair for some time. He as soon as they allowed him to leave the hospital, he yeah. wheelchaired himself to the gym and would sit there and watch. Yeah. And he even tried to hit the bag from the wheelchair, and then on crutch, trying to hit the bag, and like yeah. he was doing everything possible yeah. to be present, yeah. even if he wasn't able to participate yeah. as much as he wanted to. Right? I think it's for his own sanity.
1: Too, yes. Because I I know if you're used to working out twice a day, all of a sudden you're in a wheelchair. That's got to be the worst feeling in the world. Man. It's never happened to me, but I
0: imagine. Yeah, and he's that type of guy. Like he, you know, some fighters they have off seasons. Yeah. Jason is always on season. To season. Yeah. He's always in shape. Like you can't find him. Not in shape. Not in shape. Right? Like, he can always fight a five-round fight 24-7. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just a matter of getting the weight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And to cut weight. That's about it yeah. for him, you know? But, like, it's... Again, he's someone who's adopted the lifestyle. Yeah. Right? He's not like, oh, I'm going to crash and burn. You know, I fight and then I, I party hard and I fight. Yeah. No, like, he doesn't drink. He doesn't do anything. He's... he's it's easier because yeah. if it's a good... If you have good habits, then it's just so much easier just to stick to
1: them versus, you know, Developing all these horrible habits and then try to, you know, revolutionize your life. So, if once you have that happy pace, that healthy pace of life, it's a good
0: thing to stick to it. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's easier because yeah. you're going to feel better. Yeah. Right. That's why like, I feel like if you've never really seriously tried to get on a healthy kick, right, and to change up your diet, change up your routine to include some fitness in it, and it doesn't have to be jujitsu. I mean, I would like it if it was because I think the martial arts has more benefits both uh physically spiritually and and mentally than any other sport in my opinion i'm biased no i i, <laughs> yeah. I agree right, but yeah. I mean anything you know like or, like uh when i wasn't able to train with my knee i've been going to the the gym and I, I lift weights six days a week, and i've gotten great results of that and um, if you just wanted to be healthy, that's all I 'd have yeah. to do you know what i mean if i didn't want to you know focus on anything else and that'd be more than enough, and it would be a life changing experience for a lot of people you know so I think if you've never truly ventured out there, you should, because you're missing out on a part of the, the living experience. And we were designed to be physical. Yeah. You know, like this, this is a brave new world where we have people who can survive without having any strength whatsoever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could be like a desk jock, and that's I'm not judging you. I'm just saying, you know, being hyperbolic, but uh, you could not have to ever worry about survival ever. Yeah. You know and. I think It's not natural. It's not natural. It yes. takes away from the human experience and because we're animals. We're yes. supposed to yes. be able to fight and defend ourselves or at least have some physical competency. Maybe. And I think there's happiness there too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you're you're
1: you're living you're, you're fulfilling your nature. Your nature is to struggle. Yes. It is to run. It is to do physical things and it is to struggle intellectually and you, you need all these elements for a healthy life and, and for happiness in general. I feel that when you're missing some of these things, your life's off balance. Yes. And if it's off balance, I don't think you can truly find happiness. You know, like I, I actually believe that one reason why, you know, we've never, we're part of a civilization that struggles more with depression, anxiety, and suicide more than any other in history probably. And life's never been better. And I think one of the reasons why is because life is so incredibly easy in so many ways. Yeah. It's what I call the tyranny of options. Like, life has got so many options in front of us. So much available, and it's so handed to us. And this phone, it's incredible, man. Pay it, like, think about how incredible that phone is. Yeah. And that we lost meaning in a lot of ways. Like, that we don't struggle for it. Whereas before, it's like if you had a place to live, it was like, you know, 500 years ago, you had a place to live, it was like,
0: yes, I got eating, you and know. I think the and sign having, of uh, excess is when you have a fight about what to eat. Yes, like <laughs> I don't know. You know, that's the, you're fighting a fight with your girlfriend about what to eat on the way.
1: You live in the richest country in history in a place like Las Vegas with hundreds of like
0: five star Ex- restaurants,
1: yeah. and you're having an argument what to eat. You're right; yeah. it's excess, and I think that in some ways that is doing more harm than good. And I'm not saying I want to go back to anything. I enjoy. I, I'm, I'm addicted to this lifestyle. Like I like my phone. I like having all these options, but I think that it's almost like all the options have taken something away from us, too. You know, and like It, it may be easier
0: and, to not yeah. address those yeah. things. And I think a lot of times when people are, like, stressed mentally, what they really need is a physical outlet. Right? Yeah. Sometimes, like, I know, like, when I was in university, I talked about it a little bit with Mikey, how I would study, like, hardcore sessions. But I also learned that I can't study for, like, 12 hours straight. Yeah. Like, you you start petering out. And, like, you're getting diminishing gains. Like you, I, for me, I found, like, Four hours was like the max of being very effective, yeah. and then I need to do something else. Yeah. I need to go to the gym, or I need it's, to walk. it's the same
1: for everything. Yeah. Like reading, like work, everything. You need a balance. Cause like if I read too much, I, I, my attention span is like I, I got two, three hours, and I get good.
0: And after that, I'm like, okay, I need to go do something else. Yeah, you know? and it, and it's good for you. So like, if, if all you do is you know use your mind, which is excellent, but if that, that's all you do you kind of unbalanced in the stress meter. You know what I mean? Yeah. You need to okay. Now let's do some physical stuff. Yeah. Let the mind rest, yeah. relax, and de- decompress, yeah. and then we could come back again. You know, and the like, mind likewise, gets all, tired. Yeah. yeah. If you, if all you do is physical, you you learn, you get tired really quickly. Yeah. But the mental, some people don't realize it. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's it's a different sensation of mental fatigue. You got and, that and cloudiness. And you have
1: to balance all these workouts. You know, like even like intellectually, you have to be working out. I yeah. feel Like if you're not thinking, exercising your brain stimulating in some way. I I can't imagine you being in balance. Like you, you need these things. I think that we like challenges, we like puzzles, we like, you know, to solve problems. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know I do. I think mean, a lot of people miss out on that and, you know, just the, the overall topic of the, the podcast today is health. I think we'll finish with like that is an important aspect of health is finding a equilibrium, not only on in terms of your diet, but also of your social emotional and physical life like all of it like it all it's all put together and I think that's where
0: we find meaning and, and, and happiness in general is like when we balance things out absolutely because they're all tied together yeah. right? like if your body is a wreck chances are everything else is gonna be yeah. kind of falling apart because they're all important like if you imagine you're a house everything is like a pillar you know your body your mind yeah. you know your your friends yeah you know and if one of them's broken Everything else is yeah. uh, a little bit overloaded. And when did the bathroom collapses on and in, in <laughs> the living room because of the pillars gone. You know, like, exactly, and yeah. then usually, unfortunately, that's usually when people start to address their problems, right? Yeah, when it collapses. When it collapses, when they collapse, they collapse. right? Like, yeah, You always, you can hear from any motivational speaker, <laughs> I know you don't like them, but when they hit rock bottom, that's when they started making changes, it's true. right? It's but true. it's- There could be some wisdom there. Like, yeah. I, 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 because I'm not it, hating on all motivational speakers, yeah. Just almost all of them. <laughs> but it's kind of like that pebble in your yeah. shoe. Yes. Yeah. This is the one I like. It's like, you, you feel like that, whatever. You walk a little bit, but at a certain point, it jabs you the wrong way. You're like, oh, okay, okay I have now it. I'll you take it off. Yeah. But like, man, you just walked like two miles. You could have taken it off in the beginning, and yeah. it would have not been a big deal. And Now you're bleeding, yeah. you know? But it's it's it,
1: it's like the number one peeve every coach has is like when a student asks you, how do, I, how do I get out of rear naked choke or a reverse <laughs> heel hook? And I'm like... How do we, you know, before like no one ever wants to do that.
0: You know? Yeah, like, uh, I hear you say all the we, time we, when people do it, like whatever naked choke. How do you escape? Like dude, you're already ten steps too deep. Yeah, yeah, but like, <laughs> we, but
1: people, we we are like that. We don't we don't preemptively solve problems. We wait till the last second. It's like you know, get sick, take antibiotics. You know, like it's oh, we get fat and then we want a magical pill to get skinny. You know, and it's I think pre- preventing these issues really is the. Is yeah. where discipline comes in and, you know, it does make life a lot easier. I will say this, though, that you learn a lot from making mistakes and struggling. For sure. You know, I think that someone who is obese and they struggle getting fit, they have learned lessons that someone who has always been fit. Oh, for sure. Like someone, have, like Abmar, like he got he eats McDonald's every day and he's got abs. The person who is obese and struggles to lose that way has learned lessons that Abmar will never learn. For sure.
0: Yeah. No, I know, um, I mean, myself, I was a fat kid growing up. I guess I was 130 pounds in third grade. And I think when I was in ninth grade, I almost hit 200 pounds. I was like 195 yeah. and then I started wrestling and I got yeah. leaned out. But uh, it, it definitely means more to you because you understand like you've been on both edges. Yeah. You know, like for example, my brother, he was fit his whole life. Like he could eat Cheetos and never would gain any weight. And now he's 39, now, now he's gotten up right? here. he's like 205, you know, so he's, but he's not fat, but he's a little overweight, yeah. you know, but it's different, because he's like, man, I, thought, yeah. I never thought I'd be overweight, and I mean, and, like, it just hit me and down. And, and, and it
1: happens, because, like, after I retired, like, I started gaining weight like crazy. I, I got lucky, because I put it on fairly evenly across my body, yeah. you know, like, legs, neck, shoulders, so it doesn't, but like, I put on, like, maybe 20, 30 pounds the last three years, uh, and it happens with age, I guess. But, you know, I I, will, I haven't been really strict on my, how I eat, but,
0: you know, yeah, yeah, like balance. I said, yeah, I, I started paying more attention to it after my knee, right? But, like, again, that was the same thing. The pebble was already, like, cutting holes in my feet, you know what I mean? And I just say, oh, whatever, I'll put it off, put it off. So, like, if I could tell people, like, something like, if you have a problem, address it right then and there. Don't wait for it to spitball and become ah, a huge yeah. thing. You know, and then Lear, it becomes a disaster. Learn from, from observing enough, you know, yeah. if you can. If you can learn from the step, like, I used to work at a nuclear power plant. And one of the most interesting, that. oh yeah, I was at Turkey Point. I had the, actually the job below Homer Simpson. Right? Okay. So Homer Simpson is a senior, <laughs> it's, it's in the so funny. you're aspiring, be you're aspiring to be Homer Simpson. aspiring to be Homer Simpson, yeah. yeah. He was actually, it was called a senior <laughs> reactor operator, if okay. I remember correctly, which is a very high stress job. He's in the command room, when yeah. stuff goes down, he's the yeah. guy calling shots. So I was uh, training to be a field operator, yeah. which is essentially a guy who turns pipes and yeah. levers and whatever. And they make you study disaster analysis for obvious reasons, right? And I remember one of them that they talked about was uh, on an airplane. Airplane, uh, the pilot, co-pilot were engaging the landing gear. They were getting ready to touch down. And when they went to flip the, the landing gear on, the light didn't go off. Like, oh we're oh, having a problem. The landing gear is not engaging, mm-hmm. and then they were trying to figure it out. And long story short, they got so distracted by trying to figure out why the landing gear was engaging, they forgot that the plane wasn't an autopilot anymore and it was descending. Yeah. And the plane ended up crashing. Everybody died. Yeah. And you know what the problem was? The light bulb died. Oh wow. The landing gear was engaged. Yeah. It just the light bulb didn't turn on, but they forgot about everything else. Crashed the plane. Right so it was one simple problem snowball effect snowball effect yeah. and became a huge thing you know so if you can see these problems forming like if you already recognize like hey i'm getting a little weight nip it in the bud right there don't yeah. wait till you're like like you said 15 years later oh i'm really overweight now i feel it's like, like you're talking to me now <laughs> <laughs> no, i think I mean. you're trying to say something <laughs> no. if i say saying something I'll, I'll talk to my <laughs> brother Marcus. start losing weight <laughs> <laughs> uh but like, yeah i mean i could have stemmed, fixed so many problems in my life about yeah. to fix them right as they started to form But again, a lot of times people think oh this is just a blip yeah this is not a trend yeah right but if it's happening for more than a month it's starting to become a negative trend yeah, yeah, right? yeah. then you gotta take care of that you know? yeah good good advice there
1: anyway so i think that's it yeah i think, I think that's, that's for good this episode thank you yeah. hope you guys enjoy some advice um I'm not a nutritionist. Neither am I, right? (laughs) Uh, I'm giving advice
0: based on stuff that's worked on me. So anything I've said here, don't like, and what Robert said, you know, do your own research, right? And if not, you can try what we're doing, and what we're saying. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, you know?
1: Yeah, and yes, I mean, the best is to understand, you know, for yourself and um, be skeptical towards... You know, placebo effect and what's out there. Just keep your eyes open and, like, you know, just, just, just try to understand how your body works, goes a long way, and find that happy balance. Once you, make, you do that, you know, diets are no longer necessary.
0: So. And you're right. And, 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 like you said, making mistakes is part of the learning process. Yeah. So, like, if you do try a certain, you know, diet or whatnot and it stops working or it doesn't work, try something else. It doesn't mean like, oh, give up. Nothing's going to work. No, it's like you you found one thing that didn't work. Now, let's find something else. And you keep moving. I I felt like that's worked best for me here. You know, like I've tried particular diets and I started tweaking them. I'm like, oh, this is not working. Now let me start doing this. And that's where I came up with my profile, you know, but it's going to be different for everybody. You know, like probably what I'm doing might not work exactly right for you. I think it probably will, but you have to try it out for yourself to see. All right,
1: guys. Well, see you guys next time, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy the show. Please subscribe to
0: iTunes, Google Play. Where else is it now, Dave? We're pretty much everywhere now. Pretty it's on Spotify, yeah. Podbean, and then as an extension, any type of podcasting yeah. host should be added. If we're not on yours, let me know, and I'll make sure it gets yeah, on there. Breaking the guard. Yeah, share it with your friends. Spread the word. If you enjoy the show,
1: let your friends know. Okay. Thank you so much, guys.
0: Thank you for tuning into the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Now, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our, our channel. We're on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, pretty much everywhere where you can get a podcast. Uh, just go to the website breakingtheguard.com and you'll find links to go to all the different sites. And if you guys ever have any feedback or you have questions or you want to suggest stuff we can cover or, or guests we can interview, feel free to write us. Uh, you can just write me at... David at breakingtheguard.com and I will definitely address any questions or concerns you have and try to get the content you guys want because again this show is for you guys so if uh, you have something you want us to discuss again feel free to write us there. Again, that's just David at breakingtheguard.com. A final word from one of our sponsors, which is FFAcoach.com, and that's Fox Fox apple coach.com that stands for freestyle fighting academy this is my martial arts academy in south florida and miami in particular and we actually made this it's a video membership website that's designed to coach you from whether you're a white belt to a black belt level and it's unique because while there's lots of membership sites out there now there is none that i'm aware of that cover mma exclusively nor are there any that i am aware of that have fixed curriculums that rotate on a monthly basis. And we have curriculums for beginners, intermediate students, and advanced students. And all the curriculums have a striking, a wrestling, and a grappling curriculum. So you don't have to learn like you're reading from an encyclopedia, which is how most sites are structured where they just have tons of techniques and you just try to figure out what you're supposed to learn. Whereas at on FFA Coach, we're gonna tell you the order and the proper progression of how to learn. So it's a great resource for students. It's also an excellent resource for instructors. If you need ideas of how to teach classes, you're getting the layout right there. And not only do we have our curriculums, and they're both in video and written formats, we also have our classes being shown there as well. There's over 1,500 videos that we have online, and we have new videos coming in on a weekly basis, so you can check them out. And it's the next best thing to train with me in person is to be on FFACoast.com. We have all sorts of subscriptions from monthly, biannual to annual. And you can start off just for $1 trial for 30 days. And after that, if you want to join, you can, again, we have all sorts of options you can join. Very affordable and a very good resource. So go ahead and check it out at ffacoach.com.